You're listening to the Elevate Your 8 podcast, the easily digestible lifestyle show that empowers you to live your happiest, most productive life so you can achieve time freedom. Productivity is just a matter of simple mathematics and prioritization. Honor your work-life balance by working only eight hours a day. Honor your health and wellness by sleeping eight hours every night. Once you figure that out, the rest is gravy. Or Jolly Ranchers if ever you prefer. If you're ready for a healthy helping of life-changing wisdom with a side of quirkiness, you're in the right place. Here's your host, Dairy Free, Karaoke Crazy, future 200 breaststroke national champion, Chris McPeak. Hello there, listeners of the Elevate Your podcast. This is your host, Chris McPeak, and I have something super special that I want to share with you. This is a free resource that I have just created for you, the listeners of Elevate Your 8, and it's called Top 22 Ways to 10 Times Your Productivity, Have More Energy, Get More Done, and Elevate Your 8. I know that's a mouthful, but seriously, you guys, there is a lot going on in this free guide, and you can have it today, right now, if you go to elevateyour8.com and request the guide. It's free, free, free. It's just for you guys. And it's available right now. So make your way over there and get my brand new guide, the top 22 ways to 10 times your productivity, have more energy, get more done, and elevate your eight. Just visit elevateyour8.com and request the free guide right now. Go on. Go do it. All right, everybody. Hey, welcome today to the Elevate Your 8 podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris McPeak. And today's guest, so excited to talk to this woman, JJ Caffey from Order In. And JJ, oh my gosh, thank you for popping in on the show today. Thank you for having me, Chris. So excited to talk to you about um, your vision of work and careers. So first things first, let's talk a little bit about who you are, what you do, and, and where you're from. Absolutely, sure. So I'm the uh, co-founder and CEO of Order In, and Order In is a remote work platform and community. So what we do is we help top-tier remote workers be effective and be satisfied while they're working from home. Um, and we really aim to make the day more structured and less lonely. So that's my uh, my plug for what I'm doing right now. Just getting it in right up front. I love it. Um, I'm also a pretty recent Wharton MBA grad, um, and my past experience is, let's see, it's really in early stage startup operations, so similar to what I'm doing now, but previously at tech companies, and a little bit on the venture capital side of things, and I am calling in from San Francisco, the former hotbed of innovation and the current uh, strange lockdown wasteland. (laughs) Right, I know. There's there's pockets of all of that everywhere. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, so I was very intrigued to read your mission, which is to revolutionize American work culture. And that's sort of something that we have in common. So let's define this mission, if you don't mind, um, and tell us how you became so passionate about this area. Absolutely. So for me, when I picture a new and better working culture in America, what I really want to achieve is to eliminate wasted time at work and to make people happy at work. And to give a little context, yeah, I know we have those things in common, Um, to give a little context for what that means for me and kind of how I got there, I'm really focused on information workers, really anyone who, like myself, spends their day in front of a screen. I do think there are all kinds of, you know, all kinds of problems worth solving in work today in America that I can't even touch on. It's really not my my experience, you know, the service industry and so many different areas. But I know that. 
I've been really laser focused on the future of work for a little over a year now. And the two biggest issues that I see people like myself, you know, computer workers um, facing are loneliness and isolation. And then the other one is burnout and, and wasted time. And I see these two issues as being super interconnected um, and being made so much worse very quickly uh, from the seismic change that we're all going through right now. Um, basically what it boils down to is that people are more isolated than ever before from each other, from even their own immediate coworkers and colleagues while we're all working from home. But even prior to the pandemic, we were seeing that. And uh, the, the other side of the coin, and this is absolutely related, is that um, the way we work right now we're just always on call. We're sort of always having to be available. We're working yeah. weird hours. The workday has become uh, two to three hours longer on average during mm -hmm. the pandemic. And most of that time isn't spent in a super, super high quality way. So we just waste a lot of time at work through no fault of, of your own for any given individual. It's kind of the way it's structured. Um, and if you're looking at this from the perspective of an individual who's working, obviously you want to be happier and more connected during your right. day. And yeah. of course you want to, you know, get your work done more quickly and go spend your time on the things that you really care about. But mm -hmm. also coming from that, you know, kind of MBA and entrepreneurial background, I look at this from the perspective of leaders. And so if you're a CEO listening to this, if you're managing a team, you know, you should also be concerned about these issues because you want those hours that your team is spending during their day, you want them to be so high quality and so productive and you know, excited and collaborative and creative and innovative. And that's what we're really losing when we see people just spending you know, six hours a day doing email. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah. I got here, I felt so strongly about this because we spend most of our time awake working. I know yeah. I have as someone with a, you know, who's had a pretty intense career. And I've worked out of like five different co-working spaces or incubators or accelerators and kind of seen how people work. Um, and I also face these issues myself as a uh, as an entrepreneur and as a founder, particularly when I used to be, and now I'm not, which is great, but when I used to be a sole founder with no co-founders, with no one else, you know, oh, wow. and I was working by myself on the corner of my couch. Um, and, and I felt these issues pretty acutely and wanted to kind of tackle them for everyone. I, you know, we, I think we share the same brain or maybe in previous lives, we were the same person. I don't know. Um, I feel, I feel so strongly about everything that you just talked about. And I think that notion of, from a managerial standpoint, putting that focus on your employees to let them know that you support them having downtime, you support them leaving on time, you support them getting their rest and relaxation and recharging over the weekend. Um, and, and I got to feeling that way myself when I was still working in, in campus housing and residence life. And, and our listeners, they know they've heard me spout about that before, but I got so um, passionate about work-life balance in those days because that's a career or, or a portion of higher education where there's there's seriously blurred lines. So many of the staff live in. So that difference between when are you at work and when are you at home and this notion of being on call and it just becomes second nature and no one 
can serve properly under those circumstances. So um, yeah, I, I just started feeling so strongly about that. So yeah, uh, you and I are definitely on the same, the same track here. Um, you started to go down this road a little bit before when you were talking about um, working remotely so much more so now because of the pandemic. And I was going to ask you, because people are working remotely more than ever before, some of us are really having a hard time with it. Like we think of the idea, oh gosh, I can work from home now. This is going to be so nice and so laid back. But yeah, the remoteness, the loneliness, the um, lack of feeling like we have schedule or, um, or routine, all those types of things. What are three-ish things that you recommend for the remote worker to stay focused and increase their productivity. Yeah, totally. So um, I wish I was a better source for like listicle style tips and tricks. That's oh, never that's quite right. been. Yeah, but um, so I think about this when I think about these things, I love, I read all those articles that are like, clean your desk, you know, make your bed. Right. I think that's great. <laughs> but to me, when I, when I want to hold myself to a standard of giving advice to others, that kind of thing feels a little bit too easy and doesn't quite get to the core of what's sure. causing these problems. So I'm, I'm saying this to caveat, I'm throwing these three things out there, but they're going to take a little bit more work, um, a little bit more introspection to put them into practice. That's but beautiful. We love doing hard work here. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. So it's like, okay, buckle up. But but um, I think these things cut to, to the core of the issue. And these are sort of three core principles that we have at order in. Oh, perfect. So the first one is goal clarity. I think that everyone working from home right now, we have data on this. When people start working remotely, goal clarity tends to drop by about 53%. And what that means is that it's a little less clear what you're supposed to be doing. And maybe even more importantly, why you're doing it. When I have managers come to me and, and ask for advice on, uh, you know, how to keep people motivated, it's one of the first things I want to touch on is like, if people are sitting in their house and they're overwhelmed and you're asking them to do something and it's going to be time consuming, are you sure they know why it matters? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I've had staff who have looked at me before and said, McPeak, we don't understand why we're doing this. And, mm -hmm. and the amount of time that you spend exploring that and explaining that. And if you can't come back to the original answer and know like, uh, oh yeah, this is why I want them to do that. So I love that you're sharing that concept of yeah. goal clarity. That's perfect. I think sorry, it's, I interrupted you. Keep going. <laughs> no, of course. No, I think it's so crucial as a manager, but also if you're just, you know, an individual and you want to have a better work day, we, um, we had a workshop on this recently on taking your goals and making them effective goals, goals you'll mm -hmm. really achieve goals that are That's more awesome. actionable. I think it's so important. Um, so to give just a quick example, I won't dive into yeah. it in too much no, no depth. Worries. I think we'll have a blog post on this soon. But an example of a goal that is unlikely to be effective for you is like, I want to make more money. Mm -hmm. An example of a goal that could be effective is I want to reach, you know, $5,000 a month in monthly recurring revenue by December. And so you want to make sure that your goals are clear, that they're measurable, that they're actionable, that they're things that you know what the breakdown of intermediate steps between where you are yeah. today and what those goals are. You know why you care about it. And you can actually measure whether or not you're achieving them. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you, you know, there's a million little ways to apply this, but if you're sitting down in front of your computer in the morning and you're like, okay, I'm going to start working. It really probably would be worth doing to write down, okay, what are the three things? If I get these three things done today, I'm going to feel good about it at the end mm -hmm. of the day. And if something's getting in my way of these three things, I should ask myself, is that actually more urgent or should I set that aside for now and focus on my original three things? 
um, because I think it can be a little bit of a miasma. So that's my first one is goal clarity. That's awesome. Yeah. My second one kind of flows naturally out of that. And it's about uh, time spent focusing. And this comes right back to my issue about people wasting their time what we've seen is people are spending hours and hours doing what we call shallow work instead of deep work that might be noodling around in your inbox, kind of answering people when it's not urgent. Um, Chris, uh-huh. I'm sorry if I don't email you back fast enough. It's actually on purpose. Right. Um, you know, all of these things like that. Maybe someone sends something to you uh, on Slack or whatever, and you're like, I'm going to read it right now. I'm going to answer it right now. What we think is is so effective um, at Order and we host deep work sessions. They're guided, deep focused, heads down, however you want to call it. Uh, We host these for a few hours every day and you can sign in and have, you know, you keep your video on for accountability and uh, the other community members are are watching you. So you really have to sit there. You can't like wander off and do your laundry. And in a few hours, we hear from people that if they really focus, they close their, you know, their email, they're going to close Slack, they're going to set their phone aside and they focus on the things they really care about. You can get pretty much your whole day's work done in about three hours. That's fascinating. Um, I love it. And I have a daily practice of doing this so that I get to spend my time either genuinely focusing or in meetings like, you know, having this conversation with you or connecting with other people, talking to my team, you know, I don't count that in that three hours. It's its own thing. Yeah. Um, Or I spend my time on my roof deck, you know, doing yoga in the sunshine or, you know, going outside so that you don't just want to let your day kind of get away from you. Um, And so if your organization will let you and it's not, not everyone has a boss who's going to be like, sure, I won't bother you for three hours. That's fine. (laughs) But if you can allow it, it's easy to make a quantitative case for it. It's easy to like really throw out the data there, which if you want to email your boss about this today, you know, I'll help you out right now. The average person gets interrupted every 28 minutes. Wow. Um, And it's, it's just, you know, we check our email every five to six minutes and you can't get anything meaningful done in the four minutes between checking your email. Right. So if you can actually carve out that time that you're not answering your emails, you know, and you're not taking calls helps a lot. And then uh, my last one, and I know this is something that you've written about yourself as well, is avoiding isolation. Mm-hmm. And there's multiple forms of isolation. I, I do think it's very interesting. Those of us who are at home with families, um, I think I have it easy compared to parents. I am not a parent, but you know, right. people, who, <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it's a sidebar, but we need to be doing so much more for parents and really thinking about them when we imagine this future of remote work. Everyone says, okay, every company is going to be remote and all this. And it's like, well... Yeah, we got to add a couple more things to that. (laughs) Yeah, there's a little more to it, but all right. Um, But, you know, so if you're home with your family, you might not think that you're dealing with loneliness. And it is true that we see loneliness. um, Anyone feeling lonely right now, if you're listening, by the way, you're in the majority. It's like, in my generation especially, it's 74% or something, 72 of millennials feel lonely and 77% of Gen Z feel lonely. But even if you're not, feeling sad about it, you might still be missing out on those important connections with colleagues, these kind of Mm -hmm. closer work friendships, closer interpersonal relationships with your own manager or your own, you know, direct reports, um, kind of inspiring networking conversations that you just happen to have. Even if you aren't like sad because you're lonely, you might really be missing these connections that make work life rich and meaningful and worth doing. And so what you can do about it, because it's not easy, um, 
we have an accountability program at order in that we specifically oh, yeah we pair people up help them make friends and kind of keep tabs on each other but even if joining this community you know of order in isn't for you you can think of someone in your field and maybe actively ask them hey do you want to check in with each other once a week about our our different goals and that may have felt awkward in a pre-pandemic world but i think that that social norms are being rewritten all the time and that reaching out to people is so appropriate actually. yeah and important yeah. they'll probably be grateful to hear from you if you were to do that i totally agree with you and when we first went um when we first went remote at the college where I work, we were doing these daily Zoom check-ins with my staff and we were doing them every day. And after a while, my boss kind of said, well, I feel like we should scale back on some of these because it's, you know, taking valuable time away from everybody mm -hmm. working. And a few of us were like, no, we need, we need them. We want to see everybody's them. face every day. So I, I think it's so essential to have some way of, of connecting with your team one way or another, whether it's the accountability buddies accountability buddies yeah or it's a, so or a daily so check-in uh-huh so we cute. do the daily check-ins too um when we had interns and stuff especially we would do those they used to be 15 minutes to keep them really short and sweet and then we realized that people needed that time to connect yeah. i let them i used to be like misreputation for every meeting ends on time uh right. and and i've <laughs> let it slide because people need those moments um another thing i recommend to managers in particular is I think there's a natural pattern you can fall into where you're only talking directly to your your direct reports, but they're not talking to each other anymore the way they would have in an office. And maybe they don't want to impose on each other's time. So if you are in a leadership position, you can help set that cultural norm, make it not weird, literally a sign for people to talk to each other about things that they're working on um, because you really want to avoid information siloing it's one of the biggest issues in remote work is just someone in you know city a has info someone in city b has info they're never going to talk right. to each other unless you make that happen on purpose facilitate that yeah, yeah. exactly that's mm -hmm. brilliant brilliant stuff <laughs> um well you talked about uh talking to your employer about doing deep work sessions things like that so if someone wanted to make a case to their employer about working remotely permanently or you know even for starters how how could a person get started on on pitching that to their boss i i hope i'm not going to kill the vibe i think i'm going to like surprise everyone but okay. i actually I'm not a huge believer in everyone working remotely as being the ideal outcome um from what we've seen so far people are kind of we as a culture, I would say it's not any individual really, but we as a culture, sure. we're sort of bad at working remotely right now. And it's part <laughs> of what I'm working on. We're not great at it. And this, again, this isn't anyone's fault. It's the way that work is set up. It wasn't really designed great well for way. human beings yeah. in the office, at home. It's just poorly designed. But um, the ideal outcome, in my opinion, is flexible work uh, rather than specifically remote work. However, it's the future, you know, it's happening, yeah. it's coming, it's here to stay. We recently, um, I think the latest one was Microsoft to come out and say, okay, everyone can work remotely part of the time. Almost everyone can work remotely all of the time. It's definitely the future. That would be probably my first line of attack if this is something you want from your employer is to yeah. point at all of the industry leading companies that are now going pretty flexible, going remote first. Um, there's also so much data out there. I don't have it fully aggregated at my fingertips at this moment, but there's so much information out there about the effectiveness of remote work. You know, you can do it. But I think the biggest leap forward we've seen if people want to, you know, want to be doing this, 
I heard, I guess I'll, I'll tell like a brief anecdote. I heard from my friends right at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, my friend, he worked for a large consulting company and their business model is they fly to see their clients and they were going to test working remotely, but their company was like, no, we've never done it that way. It can't be done. Our business model makes no sense if you can't fly to see your clients. Um, and what ended up happening with him is that the pandemic hit and his company had to go remote. They had no choice. They had right. to figure it out. So I think the main opposition to it has typically been, hey, this isn't how we've done things before. So almost no matter what industry you're in right now, if you are an information worker of any kind, you can find examples. You can find precedent of people doing it. Yeah. They don't have that line. We don't do it this way. There's no there's no justification for that anymore. Yeah, I love it. Um, you referenced co-working space earlier. So this seems to be uh, getting more and more popular. It's a buzzword. Um, and I think even even during the pandemic where it's, is it safe to go to my co-working space and those things opening up, you know, more and more, what are some pros and cons of the co-working space and, and why might somebody pursue that for themselves? Yeah, I am a huge believer in co-working. Actually, I was someone who on average was maybe a little more critical of WeWork than the average person prior to WeWork's mm -hmm. IPO disaster and collapse. And now I think I'm less critical than the average person. Um, after, you know, the co-working industry, if anyone hasn't followed this news, took a huge hit at the end of 2019 um, when WeWork, you know, tried to go public and had uh -huh. very disappointing results. And so people are saying, okay, this business model doesn't work. Um, what I'm going to say about it is the demand for it is enormous. You know, people really want this. And I think when we talk about pros and cons, the pros are pretty obvious because the demand is so huge. You know, people are finding their reasons for needing it. I think especially as people are, are going to be remote, this um, might see co-working kind of come back from the dead or come back from the brink of disaster here yeah. because a lot of us really can't work effectively in our homes. I see you know, articles being like how to make over your home office. Well, if you don't have a room in your house to turn into a home office, you can't just like make that room appear right. out of the blue. Companies are giving people a little stipend to, you know, buy a desk, buy a chair, but do you have somewhere to put it? You didn't yeah. buy your home intending to turn it into an office. So either you yep. can or you can't, either your kids are there or they're not, you know, so people have these, these challenges. Um, and I think co-working is going to be a great solution. Uh, in terms of the cons of co-working, um, a co-working space is a fantastic place to contract a deadly virus. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's, um, if co-working spaces are popular right now, I, I have to take a hard line on this. They should not be. If you're yeah. going to one right now, you maybe you shouldn't. It's one of those things that isn't quite essential in this moment. I think we can give it a minute. I'm really yeah. hopeful. I'm really, really hopeful. I can't speculate about the pandemic, but I am truly hopeful that we'll see improvements um, in safety. And it's just, I personally, as someone who loves co-working, mm -hmm. I wouldn't risk it. I understand these companies are trying to stay in business and I've seen sure. a lot of them pivot to, you know, virtual programming, which makes them my competitor, but I'm still okay right. with it. You know, I want them <laughs> to stay afloat. I, I like this model. Um, but I think, you know, the other cons, so I'll be honest, I had a co-working space, you know, startup concept. That was the very beginning of what order in was mm -hmm. before we pivoted away from co-working and into support for remote work instead, still trying to address these two big issues of people being lonely and people kind of 
being burned out and wasting their time. And I think the biggest issues with co-working the way that it was pre-pandemic, and we'll see about post-pandemic, um, co-working operators are leaving a lot on the table when it comes to the potential for people to make meaningful connections and new relationships in those okay. things. They're just not taking advantage of it. That's touted as one of the big pros is, oh, you're going to meet people and you're going to brainstorm. You're going to make new friends and collaborate. But usually that is achieved through like, we're having a happy hour. I hope that you come to it, you know, yeah. not really um, deliberately. I'm not going to go into how it could be done differently because maybe someday someone will still fund me and doing it myself. Right. But I think it could be done better. <laughs> the other big con, uh, we've seen this with particularly big companies switching to open office floor plans from previously having, you know, cubicles. People really hate it actually because oh, wow. of the distraction. Yeah, because it's noisy. I mean, literally, mm -hmm. because they have less privacy and they have more interruptions. You're hearing people on the phone. People are walking over and bugging you, you know. And and it is it is more distracting. And so yeah. people have fewer face to face conversations instead of instead of more. You'd think they'd have more because everyone's right there, but they have fewer because if you want to speak to someone with any privacy, you're going to email them or send them a, a direct right. message, you know, instead of going over to talk to them where your whole yeah. office can hear you. So it's kind of annoying. People people hate it. And I have solutions for that too, but you know, those are the, uh, the pros and cons. And I, I do hope to see co-working make a comeback. Yeah. Well, and how productive and functional is it really to work on a beanbag? Like I'd always wondered about the beanbag, <laughs> you know, you need that. Uh, I mean, but you have the standing desks. It really depends, right? That's true. I've had That's some true. lovely, there are some beautiful spaces, but a lot of them differentiate each other based on how nicely decorated they are rather than whether their members are succeeding in their careers, you know? And so yeah. I, I, I wouldn't pick where I go based on how pretty the wallpaper is or if I like yeah. the chairs. Yeah, totally. Okay. So JJ, where can people find you if they want to work with you, join one yeah. of your deep work sessions, things like that? Absolutely. So my company, um, you guys, anyone can find it. It's uh, orderinclub.com or on Instagram. It's at Order In Club. Uh, in terms of me personally, I'm always really open to chatting about these things. I, I love meeting new people who are passionate about building the future of work. I'm on Instagram at JJ Caffey. Um, and no, not Instagram. Oh my gosh, sorry, Twitter. I'm I'm not actually on Instagram at okay. all. <laughs> I gave it up. So I'm on Twitter at, uh, at JJ Caffey and people are welcome to reach out to me there or even to email me. I'm JJ at JJCaffey.com. Um, happy to chat. How easy is that to remember? Yeah, Seriously. Yeah. Well, we've been talking today with JJ Caffey of Order In. Thank you so much for carving time to be on Elevate Your Eight today. Thank you for having me.